Hello, and welcome to Recapping with Delora and Ashley. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Recapping Podcast. Also, rate, review, and subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform. We're on all the things. We want to hear your thoughts on the movies and shows we review. Leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts or our YouTube channel, and we will read them during the show. Or reach out to us on social media. We love talking all things entertainment and pop culture with you. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Hey, hey, Delora. Hey, Ashley. New week. Back with a brand spanking new recap. Are you excited to dive back into the mind of Donald Glover? (laughs) It can be a dark place sometimes. Let's just say it was definitely a trip. It was indeed. And guys, we teased this at the end of our last episode. We are recapping the brand spanking new Amazon Prime series, Swarm. It dropped on March 17th, seven half-hour-ish episodes. Yes. Let me give give you guys a, a quick summary of this one. A young woman's obsession with a pop star takes a dark turn so i already mentioned donald glover but this is also created by janine nebbers who he worked with on atlanta and janine also serves as ep and showrunner for the series apparently in some of the interviews i've seen they feel like this show lives within the same universe as atlanta so take with that what you will it looks the same right if felt the same there are definitely aesthetic elements like i would say this i feel like if anybody could have been in this from atlanta it would be darius like i could have seen a crossover with darius <laughs> popping up at some point in time <laughs> because yes. darius is so trippy and so i feel like some of the especially more trippy like fantastical moments kind of reminded me a little bit especially if y'all watched the last episode of atlanta reminded me of something uh within darius i have not watched that final season you will have to watch it you have to watch it anyway let's get into this cast we are led by the dominique fishback as dre when i say this woman girl multifaceted i mean Put her in everything. <laughs> she Literally. can play any role. When she I was really can. when I was watching an interview on, I think it was IMDb with her, Chloe and Janine. She was talking about they were asking what kind of like inspiration did you take from this as you were doing it? She was like, I watched Monster with Charlize Theron. Yes. I watched Boys Don't Cry with. Um, I'm blank. Uh, Thank you. I was about to call Mm -hmm. her totally something else. I watched uh, Heath Ledger as Joker. Like she just pulled inspiration from these folks. But obviously the thing that makes her character unique is she is a black woman compared to these other characters that we've seen in many other projects. So I just, uh, she just gave me all the things I needed in this portrayal. So I'll say that. Chloe Bailey as Marissa. Now, Chloe has gotten some controversy because of this particular role that I want to get your thoughts on once we really get going. But I like seeing Chloe do other things besides just like grownish. Yeah, same. Like stepping out. She's talented. She is multi-talented. So I I liked seeing her in this role and seeing her stretch. We have Noreen S. Brown as our pop star, Nija. We have <laughs> Damson Idris as Khalid. Now, again, I'm just now getting the snowfall, so I haven't watched too many Damson projects just yet, but... Do you get it? Sure. Like, I, I don't... I haven't caught the accent in real life that much either. I know it's a whole nother part of his appeal and yep. stuff, right? Is the whole accent. But sure, I mean, like, there's a swagger, especially in snowfall. Like, I think I kind of like yes. Franklin much more than I like this character in this series. But, you know, he did his thing. We mm-hmm. have Kiersey Clemens, who I always love, as Rashida. Mm-hmm. We have Paris Jackson popping up in this series as Haley. Did you recognize her when you when she first popped up on screen? So there was a moment in that episode where I was like, shut the front door, 
shut the front door. That's Paris Jackson. Yes. And the more we got into the episode, the more it became hilarious. And I loved it. Yeah. The casting choice because of the the storyline throughout this is fascinating to me. You have Chloe Bailey, a Beyonce protege. You have Paris Jackson, the daughter of Michael Jackson. The biggest superstar of all time. And then you have Billie Eilish in this as Eva. Exactly. One of the biggest pop stars currently. Currently. Billie Eilish just totally surprised me with her role in this show. eerily too good. This is apparently her first acting gig. And I knew that. I and did she, too. She amazed me with Blew this Blew it portrayal. off the water. Yes. Even Danielle in some of her interviews, she's like blown away, blown away by her choices for her, this to be her first acting gig. Absolutely. And then last but not least, we have Heather Sims as Detective Loretta Green, who I got such a kick out of in her standalone episode. All, that's my girl. <laughs> that is my girl. I want her in everything loved it she was loved it all right let's get to these reviews ryan tomatoes 85 percent critic score currently 72 percent audience score currently and 90 percent of google users give this a thumbs up delora what is your grade for swarm all right some of these projects are becoming a little bit more difficult to actually grade no legit same we're on the exact same page what I will say is this, this series is a roller coaster ride. I gladly took once. <laughs> <laughs> I know for the podcast, girl, girl. <laughs> you made me suffer alone with my twice watch. I'm sorry, but the way my anxiety was set up, it was rough. There was a lot to digest. The way Dominique portrayed Dre was so fascinating because in one way you understood her motives, but on the other hand, I wanted to punch her in the face. (laughs) That was the overarching thought for me throughout this entire series. And I I went through it again, Ashley, but I did not wait for all the tension moments and all that. I fast forward through all that. It's like, got it. Just want to make sure I got the plot points. Yeah. Characters. Yeah. But overall, I really enjoyed the cameos. I enjoyed some of the humor once I realized there was humor in the show. (laughs) And... I think it's a commentary on fandom and not solely an indictment on the beehive. I think this could be rooted in anything from music to politics to, Absolutely. you know, Absolutely. literally anything. And so with that being said, because did I enjoy it? I can't, I can't say there was joy. <laughs> we can just leave this in NA. Cause when I tell you, I don't have a great down either. Like it's so difficult. I was talking to my mom about this before we started recording. And I was like, did I enjoy it? No, but the performances were impeccable. Right. So it's like it was for the work of it. I think it's outstanding, but it's not yes. a series that like you enjoy. It didn't bring me joy to watch these sets of events. It was it was a lot yeah. to have to to watch and deal with. I wonder if it's like the equivalent of like walking through a haunted house or something. I don't know. And see, that could be a good equivalent. But then again, I love a good haunted house. Like I'm, I, I don't like roller coasters, but it's like, that's my, adre- like, I know people th- like the yeah. adrenaline spike of it. That's my yeah. adrenaline spike. Like I, I start to get the butterflies. Like it's just a whole thing for me. So I would rate a haunted house really high if it really scared me because I enjoy, it's a pleasant experience for me to get that adrenaline. This, this does not do that for me. What this does is, especially the first time through, I was like, yes. where are we going with this? Exactly. 
where are we going with this and she's such a layered character such a flawed character yes but you still feel for her because you know there's deep-rooted issues that have made her the way that she is exactly so at times I I, to your point like hated her character and then at times like I wanted to protect her character so I was conflicted (laughs) watching this and I know that being a black woman, seeing another black woman in this role that I've never gotten to see before, it makes it more even more complex for me. Is so, this what white men feel like? I mean, I've possibly, never, possibly. I never empathized with a serial murderer before. <laughs> well, I can't say that because Joe on you, I definitely have very conflicted feelings <laughs> about. Definitely. <laughs> It's tough. But if y'all didn't know, I'm a you watcher. Like, as soon as it drops, new season drops, I'm watching it. So, and Penn Badgley's so adorable and it makes it so hard. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, let's give this an NA because I think yeah. the work was incredible. I think Dominique's performance was what kept me throughout the series. The 1, nuances, 000%. even the way she turns her head when you know she's about to go into the mode of I gotta kill somebody the way she maneuvered her body it was so many things and then the subtle shifts of that as she became more confident too yes it's it's so much it was such a great performance so let's jump into it Delora yeah because this conversation is gonna be fun yeah there's like I said this first episode alone to me I was like this could have been a film because so much happens over the course of this very first 36 minute or so episode. Yes. And so we're starting the show in Houston, Texas in 2016. All of the events of the series basically happen over a two and a half year time period. And mm-hmm. I love this statement we have at the beginning about the actual events that if they reflect a person or thing, it's intentional, right? Like this is not a work of fiction because they were meticulous about doing research at the start so that all of these events really do tie to real life murders events scenarios that happened and now it's being put in this fictionalized story so that off the bat was like what are we about to get into that really what are we about to watch starts you off on a on a weird foot right yes and then the more outrageous the episode is the more like what and then i saw already donald glover so i'm already like i have no idea what you expect (laughs) he gets you with some hits you with some things in atlanta so um this first episode we get introduced to dre and she is a super fan of music artist nija and she lives with her sister marissa marissa is an aspiring makeup artist right dre can't even afford rent for the month she can't even afford to eat but she mm. got a brand spanking new credit card and dropped $3,600 on tickets for Nyjah's latest tour as a birthday surprise for Marissa. What are your impressions of Dre and her relationship with Marissa in this first episode? Like the arm kissing scene alone, I didn't know what to make of things. So what were your impressions? I felt like the dynamics were weird for the simple fact of okay you see the love immediately in terms of like they say that they're sisters but i first time watching it i was like are you sisters like him you know you're my sister you're also auntie of my to my daughter like you know what i mean or yes. are they actually yes. sisters that's why I said that it was, was weird unclear mm-hmm. to me you knew that dre had some special needs or frankly might have been on the spectrum of some some way but it's it's unclear and and what made me draw to that conclusion was the way she processed her environment and she sucked on her fingers and even how she kissed marissa's arm i'm just like something isn't the math ain't math that part also the way that marissa's boyfriend interacted with her i feel like he was very intentional on the things that he needled her with which meant he would not have done that to her if he didn't see a vulnerability there she was definitely strange for me right off the bat she seemed very isolated in terms of how she communicated wasn't 
very verbose, even in her interactions initially with Marissa, the mm -hmm. fact that you stop and watch her having sex with her boyfriend and linger and the dynamics with yeah the dynamics with them to your point whether or not they were biological sisters once i saw the arm kissing scene i was like that feels sexual like it's not just me that felt yeah. sexual yeah so i i i couldn't call it but i definitely didn't think that it was blood related i was like yeah maybe y'all just like really good friends been friends for a long time and so now it's like that sister thing but it seemed like maybe there was an attraction beyond friendship between the two of them but it seemed like Dre was more codependent on Marissa when we started the episode based on the behavior, right? It seemed like she was yes. the one who kind of leaned more on her, even with work and that whole situation. Um, what'd you think of the controversy over Chloe Bailey and her sex scene with Khalid played by Damson? Because that's been all over these internets. All over. Well, it was something. <laughs> <laughs> When it happened, thankfully that wasn't completely spoiled for me. I knew something happened, but I wasn't exactly sure what. And it did take me off guard a bit because I was like, oh, talk about a money shot, right? I think it's interesting that Chloe gets the brunt of it, but then at the same time, it was her ass on screen. <laughs> I feel like maybe I watched too many sex scenes because it was nothing to me. It but I, even, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I was going to say, I think it was more for shock value, if anything. And you don't expect to see her in that way because she's a Disney child, right? We've seen her grow up. And so people, I do feel like this is giving Miley Cyrus twerking at the VMAs, you know? Hmm like really getting out of her shell but then she kind of did that with treat me right in that music video so I was gonna say, her stage persona is one thing but like this is an acting role this is you doing what's in the script and the sex scene was written to the script so which which I want her to say no you need to cut this again maybe I watched too many sex scenes because to me it was nothing like she's a grown woman that's one thing it's a it's a show you didn't even see full nudity. Like I could see if it was like super graphic. To me, it wasn't even that graphic. Maybe I'm just back, 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 right. Like back, maybe back. I'm just like desensitized <laughs> to this because I watched so many things. I was like, it just wasn't even that gratuitous of a sex scene to me. You know what it is also for me? Chloe is now a part of the list of women that the internet hates. And that mm, list includes That's true. Aisha Curry and Sierra no matter what you do you get criticized harshly compared to people who do the same thing exactly what did Sierra say selective outrage <laughs> it's her coming out in a double sweater the next day to church girl <laughs> if that ain't a statement I don't know what is <laughs> absolutely Things end up going sideways in this episode. Marissa decides to move out and end with her boyfriend after she leaves Dre in charge at work. And the booth that they work at at the mall is vandalized. Khalid is a piece of shit, though. I mean, he cheats on Marissa and he even tried to sleep with Dre. That's why things went south at the mall in the first place. Yes. Marissa, in a turn of events that I honestly was scratching my head at, commits suicide after her latest breakup with Khalid. Dre is turned away from the funeral by Marissa's family, and she ends up going over to Khalid's place, but not for comfort. No, 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 no. She viciously murders him, Delora, and then eats pie. Please give me your thoughts. So Marissa's suicide does come off a bit random, but I think that's what the scar on her arm is supposed to represent. That there was a history there. Thank you for that connecting of the dots. Because yeah. it was so random to me. At first, I thought it was an overdose. And I was like, I thought all she did was smoke weed. How'd she overdose? Right. Dre showing up to the funeral and getting turned away kind of confirmed my suspicions. Like, okay, I don't know if this is blood. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, truly... 
but I didn't expect her to kill Khalid the way she did. And even then, the fact that he was trying to come on to her in his quote unquote grieving, I'm like, you are shameless, sir. Shameless. And yes, Dre eating pie after murdering him. I don't know what we expect people to do after blood force trauma. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but it damn sure wasn't opening up the fridge, <laughs> grabbing pie and eating it with the blood still on your fingers. That if when I tell you after that, when that happened, I was like, what is happening? Yeah. Like I had to pause the show and I was like, what is actually happening? Yeah. And so I had to read about it and they're saying all serial killers have their quirks, right? Even Dahmer apparently disposed, he worked at a chocolate factory and it's rumored to have disposed the bodies in the chocolate, which is so deeply disturbing. Yes, yes, yes. This is what Janine said in one of the interviews I read. So So what about Joe and you? So Joe's quirk is that he's an obsessive. So he keeps boxes of stuff for the people he's obsessed with. Like he has boxes filled with their personal personal items he's collected from them. And then he also builds literally like a cage that he keeps the majority of his, his victims in. So he's like a stalker obsessive type of serial killer. Hmm. Yeah. And so for, for them, they gave her this quirk of like junk food of like, you know, still having that. Yes thing with food being a part of your yeah and that's a good point too that she was still mentally yep at a different place than you would expect at the age she was but yeah that that this is her quirk this is the establishment of her quirk but when I tell you I knew she was gonna kill Khalid from the moment she walked in that door I was like why would you let this girl into your house I know she blames you she has to blame you yeah I was unclear because when she when she sat down for tea I was like, this could go one or two ways, right? Yeah. But but again, did I expect I, her to get the lamp? And that part. That was like, I think I turned my head the first time like, oh, because for you to choose, that's another thing throughout the series, she chooses blunt force, right? Like that is her method of yes. choice when it comes to murder. And a lot of the people you're murdering are men. So yes. it's fascinating that you would choose to go toe-to-toe with men in this way. Yep. So that was an interesting character choice as well. In episode two, it's 2017. And Dre has moved to Tennessee and she's working as a stripper. She's on the hunt for a guy that has spoken ill of Marissa and Nyjah online. First question for you for this episode, were you surprised that she got away with Khalid's murder? Like when this started, were you like, hold on, thought she was going to get got. I was because the assumption is first murder, there's going to be some mistakes or some fingerprints. Right. Someone who could easily track it back to you and get caught. So yes, that that was kind of surprising. The fact that she was even able to have the know-how to even move to a different state also. That was fascinating. She ends up murdering a fellow stripper, played by Paris Jackson, who was getting overly friendly, and her abusive boyfriend. This was probably the most out of the pattern of behavior murders yeah. that she did because it had no ties to Marissa or Nyja, like yes. we see throughout this series. Do you mm-hmm. think that she would have gone down this path had it not been for feeling like she had no alternatives because Haley was invading into her space and into her life? I think it's the latter. I think if Haley wasn't probably dealing with codependency. <laughs> I mean, she broke into this girl's room. She was like, uh, fuck you. How you get back in here? Oh, I just told them I was your friend or whatever she said. And they let me in your room. Why are you here? That was another thing. your friend. That was another thing. Dre is so unfriendly as a human being. I don't know why people gravitated to her. Okay, Wednesday. I mean, seriously, but even worse, because at least Wednesday will tell you, like, I like, I'm dark. I like weird things. Yeah. Dre doesn't talk enough for me. I don't trust you if you, 
she was just overall always off-putting to me. But I think that plays into like her energy definitely was off-putting. And if you yes. were paying attention, you would pick up on that. But someone like Haley, I felt like she's so self-absorbed and Dre is unassuming. So you just attach, just attach yeah. to her. Or you thought because she you was were the closest to her. thing to you know helping you with your boyfriend and everything like that so yeah got you got so sad she almost got messed up though dre did when she finally did get to the guy she was actually hunting reggie because again this whole blunt force trauma thing she tried to hit him and he was not where she thought he was gonna be and he almost choked her out thankfully the fellow stripper she was with saved her and then she ran away and abandoned them and left him there after his murder. This was the first episode that I realized this show is unserious, right? <laughs> so it was the strippers talking about burr it's cold in here i was like what they said what she said was girl shut the f up you ruining the vibe in here and he got bring it on on dvd that's we just left a sex party i was like oh so this is supposed to be funny got it okay we just and left a was... sex party and y'all ready to watch bring it on on dvd Ooh, with a lot of dicks by the way <laughs> the dude who paid her a thousand dollars just to masturbate while he watched her eat that's the that's the thing that i kind of thought was really funny because she was a hundred percent herself in in the fact of she's like i'm over here because i'm driving and i'm eating my cheetos and then he was like well can i and she's like sure and who wouldn't say a thousand and the fact that he was like sure i'm still gonna oh eat though gosh. and just sat there looking at this man oh bite harder yo <laughs> i'm not kink shaming anybody <laughs> i'm just saying if y'all got a thousand dollars to just drop on something like that we missing out on some money, the wrong line Listen, of work. We missing out on some money, okay? Throughout the season, we continue to see Dre moving around the country. Really becomes a seasoned serial killer who, as I mentioned, mainly targets people who speak ill of Nyjah online. It was particularly funny when she was in Seattle. Not, not funny because she murdered him, but his response when she was in Seattle and she's at the black man with the <laughs> fabulous home. House, yes. And she shows him his tweet. He was like, nigga, Twitter? Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. It's just the ridiculous audacity of the entire situation, right? The fact that she is literally tracking people down to hurt them based on this person that she's absolutely never met and who has no idea that she exists. And I wanted to highlight back to the strippers that was a real life headline. There were a group of strippers who ultimately killed a good Samaritan. Now, we don't know the root cause of yeah. it, um, you know, through these series. But yeah, that that's an example where the headlines really did influence the storyline. Yes. But Dre was, you know, the character. As we said, everything, together. everything is ripped from a headline somewhere. They just strung it all together <laughs> to turn it into a series. But I would have been pissed if I was those strippers, though. Oh, yes, for sure. Even though she didn't kill him, I still want to know what happened to the nice guy from episode three whose staff pass she stole to get into that show to see Nyjah. Threw him back into his food addiction so hard. But he was you know, so sweet. I was concerned that he was going to be the headline of that person who died in the freezer, the restaurant freezer. You remember that happened a couple of years ago? It was a woman, black woman, but I was like, I hope this isn't what they were pulling from. And he might be because we didn't get a resolution. That's why I said, I hope he's okay because yeah. maybe somebody found him before he froze. I mean, they more so highlighted him looking at that cake than yep. they did on, oh, am I going to lose my life? So I was hoping he's going to make Maybe it. that cake saved his life though because somebody would be looking for that cake eventually, right? Absolutely, because that, that had like 
her husband's whatever yep. on it for his celebration. So I hope he's good. I really liked him. Same. Do you think well, I don't was... know if I liked him, but I appreciated his kindness. Okay, that's fair. Do you think it was actually a crazed fan that bit Beyonce as Dre did when she finally was in a room with Nyjah and maybe Tiffany Haddish is just misremembering? Because <laughs> <Yeah>. that was... <laughs> That was the that was the indication. Um, no, I think they were playing off of that girl from Love and Basketball. I feel like a regular person couldn't get that close to Beyonce to bite. That's fair because that room was quite open in terms of accessibility. And I, I to your point, do not think even in rooms with high profile people that Beyonce does not have security around so probably but i did think it was funny like i thought that but was really funny. i was rolling for the simple fact it has been such a long time since we had who bit beyonce yes trending on social media yes i was like man i forgot about that mess and when they made the sana reference rolling just it, it was smart and funny I'm kind of surprised that they were able to get away with as many references to Beyonce as they did in this series. But hey, do y'all thing. I guess if Chloe was comfortable, it is what it is. Well, you know, Beyonce is now the celebrity celebrity, right? Yeah. So she's in an, another stratosphere. And I think things like this is inevitable. Indeed. But I'm curious to see if she got an early screener considering she does have an existing relationship with donald courtesy of the lion king there you go it's time to get on to the episode with billy eilish what were your impressions of this cult-like group of women led by billy who lured dre into staying with them on her way to a music festival nigel will be performing at an episode four a la beyonce performing at coachella baby i didn't trust it i was curious but it's that typical cult environment they make you comfortable they flatter you but at the same time they disarm you and they take your power and you lose track of time and self sense of self. I was surprised that Dre was as open to being a part of things with them as she was, because again, she's been so standoffish as we've seen her up until this point throughout the series that for her to actually participate in their activities, go on the hike, do the one-on-one -on -one sessions with Ava. I was like, Oh, this is interesting that you actually must feel a connection and included in this process that you're even this open to it. But to your point, they were definitely a cult. They reminded me of that Nexium cult that I've watched the Val documentary about on HBO, especially with the branding. I was like, oh, that's oh, Nexium. You know, for me, it was midsummer, the first time I got to know Florence Pugh. That is a horror movie, man oh man. And if you've seen it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, they utilize nature and finding solutions to the problem. I think Dre was attracted to their friendliness, their offerings of love. And because the one thing that Danielle said throughout this press tour, because I've she has a fantastic interview with Torre that's available on his podcast show. And then a, a myriad of other interviews. I got a chance to see, I got a chance to see Tamara Hall and Jimmy Kimmel. Dominique didn't make excuses for Dre, but she said that all of her actions are out of love. Mm -hmm. And I feel like she was looking for it. And these white women offered it for her <laughs> to an extent, right? <laughs> And she's yeah. like, okay, I will drink the Kool-Aid temporarily um, until I'm done, right? Well, until y'all can get me this supposed access. Yeah, it's this yes. access I need to get into this festival. So she was playing the game. But I'm not sure what they expected from Dre in return, especially once someone cleaned that blood 
off the seat of the car and she got yep. her dirt on her to know that she's a killer because I mean she ended up taking like three of those women out and I she just sure knew did. the survivors would go to the police and this killing spree would be a wrap yeah unless they had some dirt on their on themselves so that was my thought I said this whole bond situation y'all must have some major skeletons that y'all are afraid would come out if y'all were not willing to go to the police after she ran down your leader, healed the other lady by banging her head in the door and then ran another one. No, I'm sorry. She didn't run her over. She got her flipped off the hood of the car and then beat her with like a tire iron or something. I will say this episode was really enlightening, especially with her one-on-one with Billie Eilish character. It gives you more background of quote unquote spilled milk. So her bloodlust, so to speak, have predates Marissa. And that's something that is kind of helpful because a normal person, I I wouldn't think would be like, yeah, let's kill Marissa's boyfriend, ex-boyfriend. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's some pre-existing something going on here. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how intentional murder had been for her prior because it seemed like once she killed Khalid, it was almost like that was just completely unleashed and unlocked for her. Mm-hmm. Like one thing mm-hmm. I noted that I heard when I was um, listening to some of the interviews was they made it a point to talk about her virginity in the first episode, but then she lost her virginity and that was no big whoop, right? She lost it to Rory in uh, after that whole party situation. But her first killing, that was like the popping of her cherry, right? That was a thing that like woke her up and unleashed her type of thing. Well, I think that's fascinating because women's sexuality and horror is always a topic of conversation. Mm -hmm. Always, always, always. And so that's why they flipped it on the head with this. They wanted your serial killer to be the virgin to start. (laughs) But I I think they're still making a note notes to it because she's not out here killing people as a virgin. She gave herself and now this Jezebel is out here in these Not streets. this Jezebel. <laughs> so you wish that they had allowed her to remain pure throughout to completely That would be subvert. an interesting narrative. Yeah, completely subvert it. In these, think about these horror films, is always around a, a teen or a young adult. Soon as the girl loses her virginity, she's next on the chopping block. Yes, that was so prominent in like slasher movies when we yes. were growing up in like the 90s yes. and stuff. Like so prominent. You always had the good girl, the the Jennifer Love Hewitts. Yes. You know, Sarah Michelle Gellar could get it, right? Because she up here effing Ryan Philippi, <laughs> but not Jennifer Love Hewitts. <laughs> I know she did last summer. Brandy, guys, if you don't Brandy know. Brandy survived. She made people think she was having sex, but she wasn't. <laughs> That's like, I feel like she was Stacey Dash off of Clueless, though. She did everything but. Anyway, um, but that that is to your point, the whole sexuality, because you also, Dre also is figuring out her sexuality as well. That's another thing that we're going to get to. Yes. And she's yes, just yes. figuring things out with that in general. So, to your point about backstory, in episode five, we learned way more about her history with Marissa and her family. She was their foster child, right? Yes. And she returns to the home in Houston that she lived with them because Marissa's phone has been cut off. She has had Marissa's phone since Marissa died and literally yeah. has been sending messages back and forth between herself on her phone and Marissa's phone. Yes. So to say she's attached is an understatement. That scene in the store with the worker, <laughs> I was so I worried she was going to kill him. I was so media. worried she I was going to kill that so man. Much. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad he was protected. He was like, ooh, this is feeling sketchy. You got to go. I appreciated I how he, this, you know, assessed it assessed the situation and de-escalated it but did it in a very firm and final way right when somebody's sitting here in your face like this like tears start to stream down you're like oh my god somebody help her because she's about to lose it on me and i can't i can't be here for this i also love the helen slash ellen 
interview going on in the background. Yep. That was fun. Marissa's father almost kills Dre when she comes to this house. Whole shotgun. He's about to, he told her to turn around so he could see her face when he shot her. He hated that. He girl. hated her. Blames yep. her for Marissa's death in totality, it seems like. He thinks she's a punishment for taking the check. That line Leon said, that was haunting. Yes. That was, and I haven't seen Leon in a while either. I was like, sir. Same. Same. You were acting your butt off in this series. His wife was eerily calm, though. Even when Dre came up to her with that gun, she was like, oh, come to finish the job, have you? But if you're a mother who lost everything, what else? What is there? Like, that's what she said. Like, like Jennifer Lepew. What do you want from me? <laughs> now, I don't like horror movies, but I love a good slasher. I, don't ask me why. It's complicated. I get it. Any other thoughts about this episode of her returning to her roots in Houston? The fact that she was still cool on cool terms with the dog, I was like, see, this throws off my whole narrative that like animals and babies are they good sense. at sussing out bad people. Because yep. this dog should have bit her. <laughs> this clock can be wrong or can be right twice a day. You never know. <laughs> I, um, this is this is the first time I felt for Dre. I'll say that for me. Did you? I did not want him to kill her again, which was weird because she's a serial killer indiscriminately harming people at this point. But I felt like such a nurturing energy towards her in this episode because to see I her foster parents treat her like this, like saddened me. It's so funny. It's kind of like what people say when you go back home in some ways you revert back to the self that you were dealing with like your parental units and things along those lines and so from that perspective I guess I can see it but maybe she got on my nerves less in this episode than the previous (laughs) ones I I don't know but this is the one that everyone talked about Malia being a part of the writing team yes and how she put out put some wild ideas forth i love that she yeah. is carving out this lane for herself and doing her thing it, it makes it warms my heart for a while yeah it warms my heart to see episode six which i personally felt should have been episode seven in my mind this this was the finale it styled as a documentary called falling this is through my the cracks. favorite episode out of the entire series well detective detective loretta you know she made it all her quirks yep so this episode showed the real the quote unquote unquote real dre and characters we've seen throughout the show as i mentioned detective loretta green black woman in memphis has been the only person to piece the murders together and tie them to Dre. We find out Dre was sent back to foster care from Marissa's parents after she attacked, choked, and stabbed a fellow classmate. By the end of this episode, Detective Green has an opportunity to go question Dre as she's being held in Atlanta after rushing the stage of her favorite artist's concert. That caseworker for Child and Family Services was 10 toes down for these kids. Do you hear me? Yeah, but I still was running out of patience for her. (laughs) She said, do you want me to gossip Gossip? about (laughs) a child in the foster care system? Ma'am, I've been doing this for 30 years. Like, What I love, too, is you see the energy between two Black women doing their jobs ferociously. Yep. You have this woman who is 10 toes down for these kids and this detective who is trying to get to the truth. You said this is your favorite episode. What did you enjoy about this faux documentary? Well, of course, Detective Green. Obviously, she made the show for me. And just, she just, she was a delight to watch. But I'm not going to lie. I was confused because I'm like, so what we were watching is a 
simulated um, series of events. And so these are the people, you know, like it was a little confusing. And I just, I guess for this episode also, I'm like, they are really taking it there. Like they are going they're fearless in in the direction of the show in in terms of it's like it's already outlandish and you're and you're going to top it off with a true crime mockumentary it, it kind of reminds me of insecure and what they used to do with their tv shows yes um, <laughs> the um the slavery one and then the girl the missing girl one it also gives you, I'm sure as a writer, such a fun opportunity to stretch even further. And I think my thought about why this should be the finale is because it's supposedly this real true story of the things we've seen. To me, it makes so much sense for that to be what we end on, for us to wonder what happened after detective green made it to atlanta did she get released did she get to her like once we once we discussed the final episode i didn't i i I didn't enjoy that wrap-up now i understand that janine said this is how donald had envisioned it but it's not the way that i envisioned it (laughs) so in the finale it's june 2018 dre now going as tony seems the most comfortable she has ever been in her skin and is really fully out of her shell. Like I've never seen her look, seem so normal, seem so comfortable, be so communicative. She's in her, she's in her element. She's fully realized at this point. So much so she gets into a relationship with a woman named Rashida and it seems serious until an anniversary blow up about a Nyjah concert leads to her murdering Rashida but this is the first time she seems sad about it though you know well this is the first time she used her bare hands and choked her out Mm -hmm. choked that girl out I have to be honest and say this was another moment that felt out of place a little bit to me because in the lead up her relationship with Rashida was not such where I could have imagined Rashida blowing up on her like this. It didn't feel natural, but it is what it is. And I had known all along that Rashida was likely going to have to die because you're getting in bed with a serial killer and this is what they do. Exactly. I loved her parents. Shout out to Cree Summers. That brought okay. me so much joy. Freddie was him. good. And even her father, he's a Broadway legend and also the guy that Olivia Pope didn't want anything to do with. Um... (laughs) (laughs) In Dre's version of reality in this episode, she goes to the Nyjah concert, she kills a scalper, goes to the Nyjah concert, makes it on stage and is able to leave with her afterwards. But it's Marissa's face that she sees instead of Nyjah's. And this is how it ends. So this is my point about why I feel like episode six would have been the better finale because this may feel all warm and fuzzy and like, oh, she may have gotten what she wanted or is left to your interpretation to think that, you know, this is all in her mind and she's actually been arrested, whatever. But it didn't give me either closure or like a good cliffhanger. No, it's a limited series. So it's not coming back. It's not. This is it. This is it. I I did not enjoy this ending because I'm like, oh, great. It's up to me to determine how this ended. Come on, Inception. Is he awake or not? Is he dreaming or not? Also, one could say Dre's love for Marissa and Nyjah was the driving force of this entire journey mm-hmm. and they have some in some ways fused together to be this one person in Dre's eyes for sure do you wish that there had been some level of justice that you got to witness for the murder of so many innocent people yeah because like I said most of the series I was like I want to punch Dre in the face <laughs> <laughs> but I mean what does that say about an unassuming person, right? 
and a black woman falling through the cracks. I mean, we've never seen it. So you never think about it. Never seen it on screen for sure. Give me any final thoughts you have about Swarm and about the experience watching it. Well, as I mentioned, this was one hell of a ride. I found it to be hilarious on how thorough the Niger comparison is to Beyonce. Mm -hmm. Things like the running scare tour part two, heavy rolling. The surprise drops. And the overall imagery of the static and having a high power husband, having twins, producing twins. Yep. Hilarious. The talent of Dominique is, it just makes me so happy. I wrote in my notes, this next generation is in good hands. We're in good hands. (laughs) The talent, I mean, I've been gloating over Danielle, um, is it Deadwire? I forget her last name. Deadwiler, I think. Deadwiler from Teal. And um, the harder they fall. And then, of course, Lashana Lynch. But Dominique, oh, it's like we got three Viola, three Violas just wa- walking around. You know what I mean? Because the versatility of their work is astounding. The thing was and amazing, I, too. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I was just going to say that they have vehicles to allow them to display their talent now that a lot of that's actresses true. who preceded them did not have at those ages. Very true. I mean, I love Viola Davis, but she's like, ask me how many times I played an addicted mom or, you know, a distressed mama. Or just had to be always the background character. Like, exactly. one thing that Dominique said was, a lot of people wait their entire careers to have a, a vehicle like this to display a full range of abilities. Like exactly. I'm so grateful for this opportunity to be Dre because I got a chance to be a different person with every episode. And that's real. So real. And I'm going to even highlight the fact that we live in a time where there's all these possibilities for a live action princess Tiana we got Coco Jones, Ryan Disney, Kiki Palmer, Normani, Marseille, Justine Sky. Like this next generation, I'm just so proud. I'm so excited. I'm just, what a time. What a time to be alive. How about you? Keep doing your thing, Black women. I think you said it all and I kind of chimed in during your final thoughts. So I think I'm, I'm pretty much done. I'm curious to see what the next project is going to be from the minds of these folks, because we just never do know. But I think y'all tapped into something that I wasn't necessarily expecting as a follow-up from the Atlanta team. So it's exciting. And like I said, it was we didn't give this a grade, not because it wasn't good, but because it was just hard to sit through a little bit. <laughs> But impeccably, impeccably done. So great job, guys, for bringing something to the screen, for allowing Black women to be everything, including serial killers. So (laughs) there you go. All right, Delora, what you got this week for Hidden Gems? All right, Ashley, I have three Hidden Gems this week. So since we discuss a series about a crazed music loving fan oh i forgot to ask you who's your favorite artist ashley i don't want to get murdered so i'm gonna plead the bit <laughs> consider me the lady in the elevator who just looked at her like she had lost her mind it's the equivalent of what's your favorite scary movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. exactly so I decided to go on theme and highlight up and coming black artists. So I have three. This first artist, Dochi. She has had some momentum on social media with her song called Persuasive. She also recently performed in the Women in Music award show that um, awarded SZA the Woman of the Year award. She is a little bit out there. 
Um, so if you like Doja Cat, I feel like Dochi is in the same realm. Not afraid to get ugly, not afraid to like go there artistically. She is both a rapper and a singer. And my first introduction to her is with this song called Crazy. The song is fire. The video is insane. She can sing, she can dance, she can rap. Fire, fire, fire. Like I said, she's a little weird. So you've been warned, but definitely fun to watch. Second artist, her name is Victoria Monet. She's been around for a while. She's a songwriter. She's written for Ariana Grande. Mm -hmm. Bestie. She's very popular on social media who the <laughs> the the space in social media that's always rooting for the the girls for the come up um I'm thinking about you Tanache she has her own special corner on these webs that I love and I'm gonna highlight her song called ass like that the melody doesn't necessarily go with this particular phrase which cracks me up personally but it is beautifully saying and she's singing he like it when my ass is like that. And I'm just like, of course, I'm here for it. She's beautiful, super talented. She actually has a new song coming out with um, Lucky Day called oh, Smoke. My gosh. Yeah, so check her out. And they're not hitting, but Ungodly Hour by Chloe and Hallie. Since Chloe, Chloe Bailey is the star of this new series, and I recently heard Forgive Me. And so I went back to listen to my favorite Chloe and Hallie songs. I was like, let's highlight this album because it, it helped me through the pandemic. Don't make Again, it harder on me. It's still my favorite track. Really? Because my yeah. favorite, Busy Boy, Forgive Me, Lonely, and Overwhelmed are my favorites from that album. Mm. And so. that uh, Tiny Death still goes hard so hard mm -hmm. all right Ashley what's your hidden gem all right I have two I struggled this week because I was like I haven't really been watching anything new but I did start a I've been starting a couple documentaries I think I'm in a documentary mood one of them is Unwell on Netflix this is a 2020 docuseries highlighting the wellness industry and examining different products and practices so the first three episodes I've seen so far took a look at essential oils tantric sex and breast milk so six episodes total interesting and one criticism i kind of saw online was that netflix the series isn't taking a side it's presenting both it's presenting the people who are for using these things these products these services what have you and then the naysayers who are saying why these things are not necessarily beneficial or healthy or the dangers or whatever Is so confusing i don't find that to be confusing i actually enjoyed it because i i wanted to see the balance. I wanted to see why the people who are pro consuming essential oils feel like it's beneficial and why people are saying it's unhealthy to ingest essential oils, right? And um, some of the characters, especially the tantric sex episode, I was like, wow, this is, a, this is a different level than I even knew that things went. Like there's this lady who just gives full body orgasms supposedly to people without even having to touch Touching you and them. all this stuff like it's just yeah. very and the fact that tantric doesn't wasn't even associated with sex you know what i'm saying it started as like a religious based you know there's just yes. a, there's there's good information at least for me when i'm watching it sting and his wife having 24 they hours did sex. they mentioned sting they sure did and i think the latter few episodes are gonna be interesting too because i think one is like on ayahuasca so there's you know there's things that i just am familiar with people now kind of emphasizing more especially you know micro dosing like there's definitely things yeah. that i'm like i know that people push these so i'm just curious like i just heard a podcast about essential oils from a lady who runs an essential oils business so i want to hear what yeah. supposedly are the pros and cons so that's why I'm, I'm recommending it. If you want a little information on some of these things that people kind of talk about a lot. And then my second one is the silent twins. This was on Amazon prime while I was on Amazon prime. I had heard Letitia Wright, who is the, one of the stars of this, talk about it on a podcast. And I saw it was on there. So I was like, oh, I'll, I'll give it a look. It's based on the true story of June and Jennifer Gibbons, twins who only communicated with each other for years. 
And, you know, I want to see Letitia step outside of Shuri. I was curious as to what some of her other projects were like. And I definitely dove into the real story of these twins and what caused them to, you know, go internal and only talk to each other and what ended up happening with them and stuff. It's a fascinating story. And the movie was Mm. a good opportunity to, you know, see some stretch, in my opinion, from these actresses who portrayed the twins. So I would definitely consider it to be a hidden gem and something worth giving a watch. So that's the silent twins on Amazon Prime. And that's it. That's all. I'm done. So guys, I hope you have watched Swarm. If you have not yet, go back and watch it. Because like we said, it may have been some moments hard to sit through, but it was definitely fascinating ride. It's definitely going to go in the canon. It's going to be referenced for sure years to come. I, I, I see that. And I personally think Dominique should get an award or two for this performance. Like... It's an award-winning performance, in my opinion. So we'll see what happens. But that's it for this episode, guys. We got to go. We love you so much. Thank you for sticking with us as always. Always. We'll be back with our usual headlines and hot topics. But until then, be blessed. Bye.